0: Well, hello there. Welcome to another special episode of Say Something Interesting, the follow-up podcast from East Lake Tri Cities. My name is Brent. With me is my friend Megan. Hello. And uh, it has been a pretty slightly uneventful week for us, I would say. <laughs> like personally? No, I mean. <laughs> as a nation, uh, it's been it's been fun. It's been crazy. I did have uh, my kids all week. Yeah. Um, by myself. Well, I mean, you know, we had family. I have and, a feeling uh, you had help. Whatever. I had yeah. a little help. Let's, let's just say that. But uh, my wife came home today. Woot. I haven't even seen her yet. So this podcast is the last thing before I go home and see my wife who Yay. I haven't seen in seven days. So if it's short and quick, <laughs> yeah, there you go. But but they survived, I think. I mean they went to school this morning. So Oh the kids? That was when I like, yeah, I dropped okay. them off and I'm like, peace, man. And uh, uh yeah, it's been nice. it's been it's been good. How's your week, Megan? It was
1: I mean, personally not much happened. It was the first week, second. Yeah, first well, that's not world.
0: entirely true. You got a photograph taken yesterday at the church. <laughs> Wait,
1: Eric takes pictures of me every day or every time he's here at the church. And
0: he was it's not unique. He, he spent hours editing <laughs> that photo for you. Not that you need hours to edit <laughs> photos for yourself. It's just his perfectionist side of things. Right. And said, yeah, Megan asked me for a new dating profile pic. And I said, and he, so he came through, <laughs> and he delivered. Is that right? She's
1: kind of what happened yeah
0: no it, it is a great <laughs> photo i will say it's great yeah
1: i don't think that's one i congratulations. would congratulations
0: no it's got a seattle mariners uh face it mask, has a on mask.
1: It. i don't want to like you want people to be able to see your well face. i know but
0: you want to kind of communicate that i take i'm taking this seriously mm. though
1: but that's not like that's not the main picture oh, oh it can't okay. be the main picture well
0: it needs to be one of them. it's it's got it's a not seahawks i said seahawks i it's meant mariners. mariners. Yeah. yeah. Um, you could wear those with your socks that I gave you.
1: I was actually wearing my socks with them. Yesterday. Were you?
0: Yeah. And then you didn't even show me.
1: And well, you were a little distracted.
0: I know. I had five <laughs> with nobody else there watching him, and then I don't even know what happened to him during service. Well, I, I assuming he I ended and,
1: up watching him for. Yeah. The last thank you. Part I wanted to say
0: thank you for that. Thank you for the babysitting bill. There
1: was like a scream in that room, and I was like, oh, maybe an adult should go in
0: there. Yeah. <laughs> It was Andrew and his, and me and my kid, yeah. and and we just kind of in there fine. and Throw octonauts on the uh, but, television, yeah. And a couple gummy bears their way,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. And like
0: don't come out of this room for an hour.
1: <laughs> or, there were adults two. nearby. Yeah. There were adults nearby. Don't worry, everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so as a little follow up from last week, um, I talked about my little Calcutta draft. Yeah. And I got the New Orleans Saints was my team that I picked.
1: Well, good job. And
0: they won. Yeah. Which is exciting. So
1: did you pick them um, for Super Bowl?
0: Uh, I have them the whole way through oh, the playoffs. Okay. So the the better they do, the better I do. Got is basically how it works. More points, more, whatever. Do you
1: only get one team. How many teams do you get?
0: Um, it's just a, ma- a matter of how much you want to risk. Right. Oh, okay. So it's just like, um, you, you can do two, three, four, but then you're all, all of a sudden you're minimizing your ability to really do anything. Cause you're, you're going to lose points along the way. Cause not four teams can win the Super Bowl, Right. So yeah. you pick either a really good team or a couple of crappy teams and hope that one does pretty well. So
1: I know. They Who looked okay. The Browns? Who got the Browns? Uh,
0: Yeah. <laughs> Who did? My buddy Jeremy got the Browns. <laughs> he had a great night. Yeah. Uh, up 28-0 <laughs> in the first quarter. Holy smokes. That was a crazy game. I know we're, we're talking too much sports. I just thought it was exciting. I, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm finding myself as a Drew Brees and Saints fan. Yeah. And I would never have been that. And then here's what was nice, though. The Seahawks got it over and done with. Yeah. Because next week, they would have had to have played the Saints, and I would have been a little bit torn I've got this one team going, but, you know, well, you know it's kind lining. of a win-win silver situation lining. there. Now I'm just like, dude, yeah. beat the Rams because screw them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's a, I guess it's a little bit easier in that way. Uh, nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyways. Nice. So that that was exciting. Cool. Um, and all of the things.
1: Anything, anything Ooh. else for you? Ooh. Sorry, I hit the microphone, yeah. everyone. I apologize. Um, what do you anything, did I do? Do you anything fun this weekend? I watched American President. Or like it's an old '90s movie. Oh, you, okay.
0: I thought maybe they remade it or something. No, All I right.
1: I was feeling I <laughs> I needed something like familiar and like happy yeah and so <laughs> that was one of the things i
0: watched and that's that's happy to you is it yeah well it, has is it a, happy a positive ending? ending oh does it okay yeah,
1: uh-huh. right. um and it's kind of like a love story and also just like i've watched it a lot so it's familiar also like a reassuring presidential figure and you know, just it just it, it hit home. It <laughs> needed like I needed all those I, I, things. It was yeah, I wonder out.
0: what kind of <laughs> data Netflix has on no, people. It was like one of, of the. Crisis.
1: it was one of the like recommended and I hadn't seen it before. Yeah. So I'm sure they because this it would up have there. been a week like yeah. we
0: probably needed a little uh, a reprieve for the office and then that's not even on Netflix anymore. Yeah. I wonder <laughs> if they, they. I'm sure they have the data. Like what goes up during these times? What yeah. kind of genre of show? I,
1: someone else I know. I, on Facebook. I
0: started watching The Sopranos. I've never no. watched The Sopranos, <laughs> um, ever, and I in, I wouldn't watch it with Kylie because it's just too gruesome. Yeah. She's not into like the whole. You know, bloody mob, whatever, um, and language and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a. I gotta probably watch it by myself, and what better time to do that when she's gone for a little while? Um, and uh, so watching that, but yeah, it's it's again, it's like, did I? What? Yeah, I, I'd be interesting to see. Like, what yeah. are these numbers looking like?
1: I wonder. I feel like maybe comedies goes up. Maybe like people want to watch something. That yeah, they, that, that makes them laugh or makes them smile. I, I found but something
0: that made me laugh this week. <laughs> uh, are you a John Mulaney fan, comedian?
1: I know who that is, yes.
0: He, he used to be a head writer for SNL, mm-hmm. and then he kind of does- There's a couple specials on Netflix. Yeah, and he's okay. Like, honestly, it. there's parts of me, like, he gets kind of old fast. Like, he's got one schtick, and it's funny for a little bit, yeah. and then it kind of wears off. Um, but he's a really smart writer. Like, mm-hmm. he's really smart, and his humor is- And, and, um, and so he did a, a piece called The Horse in the Hospital- um, like what? It's called a horse in a hospital. Um, talking about that, I think it might have been a couple of years old. Um, like the idea of Trump, the Trump presidency of what? What is a horse doing in a hospital? Oh. That's exactly what the horse is thinking too. <laughs> what the hell am I doing in a hospital? Yeah. Here? <laughs>
1: That's what I, I do a lot of joke. damage yeah. in
0: here. <laughs> when the is- worst times are the quiet times. And you're like, what's that horse doing? I haven't heard from him a while. <laughs> it was just really funny. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I To be clear, I want to do a caveat. I listened to a clean version of it, which obviously somebody had posted it as the clean version, uh-huh. which that means that there's an unclean version. Yeah. I cannot vouch for that one. I have no <laughs> idea what's all involved in that one, so... Uh, the clean version of it, I know, is available, and that's what you should invest your money and time into. It's free, no uh, that's money. that's good. But, that's fun. Yeah.
1: Um. I. I didn't really do anything else, honestly. Okay. Just like normal, weekend stuff.
0: Great. So. Cool. Yeah. Me too. Um. Except with kids. Yeah. And I just watched football pretty much the whole weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Let's dive into week yeah, two uh, of our series, Letters to Our Next President. Um, we talked um, a, a little bit. We kind of recapped last week with uh, the the story, the the Daniel story, and the, the idea of an open letter to a king, specifically in the Old Testament. That's where a lot of these things lie. Um, and what could we learn from kind of the advice given to somebody in power then? Is there anything that we could learn from it? Uh, and then this week was Nehemiah's story, Nehemiah chapter 5. Honestly, one of my favorite books in the Bible. One of the books that turned me on to the idea of being a pastor a long time ago was a book called Visioneering by Andy Stanley, Uh, and it's all about Nehemiah. The whole book was probably a sermon series that he did on Nehemiah. Um, Like some of this content comes from that and from him doing it in another format. Um, and it was just a fantastic kind of look at this guy who had such a vision for something, cast the vision well, had the moral authority kind of back it up, saw this thing through to completion, has a great line in the book of Nehemiah of um him uh, attempt um, people coming up to him and trying to distract him from coming down to the wall. Hey, let's talk about this more. Let's do this. Uh, and his line that he says several times in the text is I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. And I love that line. I love that line. Cause it's like, that's the line that you're like, if you're a, you know, if you're a mom and you're just like, uh, I'm, I'm so I'm tired. I'm like raising these kids and they don't give a crap about me. And <laughs> I just want to go and do something for myself once in a while. And I want to do this and I want to wear all my dreams and whatever. And like just that feeling of, that reminder i'm doing a great work i cannot come down from that my mom i remember ha- you know uh, talked about that several times growing up and mm-hmm. and it's not just for mom it's 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 just for anybody that's yeah. doing something good i mean i can imagine being a teacher especially mm-hmm. in this you know this mobile age <laughs> i bet the appreciation letters are few and far between for you yeah
1: i mean i got some first trimester from some students i got yeah. a couple emails Dear teacher,
0: whoever you are.
1: No, I mean, (laughs) well, one, I had one kid who was like, you're my favorite class. It's the only one I don't skip.
0: Oh, wow. Nice. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I was like, yeah.
0: I would imagine that there'd be a little encouragement, But it was like one. I've gotten
1: one all year so far.
0: And that wasn't part of the talk on Sunday. It was just like another thing of Nehemiah. So if you really liked that talk, either Mm -hmm. read the book of Nehemiah for yourself. It's great. Or The Visionary by Annie Stanley is a great vision book. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So, um, what were some things that kind of stood out to you?
1: I think I like kind of zeroed in on, um, when you were talking about, well, so you talked about having moral authority and it, I feel like today it it seems like everyone has such like drastic different morals. And so like, and we are so like entrenched in them. Right. And I, uh, listened to uh, the podcast hidden brain and they talk about, why that is. And, um, like we actually have, like it's part of our brain chemistry when something becomes a moral issue, we don't change our mind on it very quickly. We're not easily persuaded around like outside of it. and um, we don't hear, um, counter arguments to that once, once something for us becomes a moral issue. And so I like, yeah, you can recognize, I don't know, like, where's that line between, I have my moral issue. You have your moral issue. They're on opposite sides. Yeah. So but, do I see you as a moral person? I don't know. Like I
0: think in that sense it would be a, um, and, and hopefully this came across in in the text of like I can see that somebody who votes differently from from me having moral authority. I don't make the I don't believe the decisions the way that you. I don't come to the same conclusions. I don't think the same way that you do. But I genuinely believe that you believe that. And I can respect the fact that you've thought through this for yourself and based on your personal history and based on your kind of season of life and where, you, who you represent, perhaps if it's in the political realm or who's a part of your church, if you're a pastor. I mean, the fact that, you know, there's, there's no one vanilla way to pastor a church and a congregate you, a, a church in the Northwest pastors a lot differently than a church in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. The topics are different and the same in the South. And, and, and depending on who you represent from a, a congressional standpoint or whatever that those should, that should dictate some of this stuff. And so, as long as you do it with the same conviction based on a moral set of principles in your mind, I I, I think that that's the difference between like, um, I, I I read about the, the people that I respect most that I read about are the people who are like, have these like, I, I, I really, well, let's take a uh, RBG, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and, uh, and Samuel Lito, right? Who, not Samuel Lito. Who's the guy? Clarence, not Clarence Thomas. Um, going nope.
1: through Um,
0: the All guy right, who passed so away. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh.
1: I know who you're talking about, too. Scalia. Scale- Scalia. Scalia. Thank you.
0: Antonin Scalia. Um, They disagreed vehemently mm-hmm. on so much stuff. And then when he died, she wrote this really poignant letter on how I did not vote almost one time on the same side as him. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I can respect his. Th- that's the kind of thing where I would yeah. say that's the moral authority. Like, those guys didn't agree on each other. Their mm. morality was different. And yet it occurred. It happened for them. Yeah. You know? Maybe
1: I'm like, I'm sure I'm coming from my own bias too, but there, I feel like there's got to be some issues. Like, where's the line that you're like, okay, I can see that you truly believe that and it's a moral issue for you and I'm on the opposite side, but you are wrong, right? Like, (laughs) (laughs) but, but are you, I don't know. So maybe it's me trying to bring in
0: self-deception. What makes me think I'm so right. Right. Well,
1: uh, but is the, so then is there a line? Like, where is the moral line? Yeah, And like, I think as a Christian, we. I'll tell you where the.
0: Non-moral line is when it's the, this is what y- I think you should do, but I don't hold myself to the same standards. Oh, for
1: sure, definitely. A- and then
0: you go, that's where you have no moral authority for me. And that was the issue that I talked about in the thing is, is he's asking these people to, um, do almost like a reparations sort of thing for mm-hmm. them. He's asking them to not charge interest for the, his fellow countrymen. Like we're all, we're all in a really tight spot here. We need everybody to pull together and push in the right direction. If we're going to get this thing off the ground and survive as a nation. Right. Um, and so I'm going to ask you to do something that not only am I committed to doing myself, but I have been committed. There is a track record of this. There's no argument there, uh, for that. Whereas I think that, that, you know, might not always be the case. When For sure. There's sometimes it's like, yeah. Hey, you guys should do this. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, you're not doing it. <laughs> and that was the other part I was kind of uh, thinking of as well is that gaining moral authority is a long process. It's the, yeah. it's a long game. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's not loud. It's very quiet. It's every day. It has nothing to do with anything you do in the public. Really. It's about how you are quietly going about your business. Um, and so in order to gain more authority, you really have to put in the time and energy to do that, and it's not—it's not about the public stuff. It's about what are you doing in private? How are you in private interactions? And um, when people aren't looking at you.
0: And I thought about this from the lens of someone who's young, and I—I'll put myself in that category, thirty-seven years young. Um, <laughs> how frustrating it can be to uh, want to be able to have a moral authority based on the small number of good works that I've done and almost being like, it's not fair. Like I haven't had the Trek record to do this. Why should it, it shouldn't take me a long time to get the moral authority to say these things. And I understand the unfairness, like as young people were like, give us the reins, give it, we want to do this. I mean, when I was, um, uh, going through school, um, and even in graduate school or whatever, the number of young pastors who were sincerely frustrated at older pastors who are unwilling to let go and they know I don't have it anymore. I don't have the energy or the, the the vision or the dream or the drive or anything. Um, or I'm just, I'm not, I'm not relating to the culture of downtown Mm -hmm. Seattle. Like I I should. And yet unwilling to hand over the reins to somebody who's young because too many mistakes are going to be made. There's no moral authority there. There's no time there. Right. And how many times like this, this battle, this tension Mm -hmm. and, so then, a couple of things would happen. One, um, they would get frustrated and leave, and, or and just go on do something different with their life. Um, or I saw many of them take positions, and because they didn't have um, uh, a moral authority or longevity or whatever, have some sort of a moral failure or a thing that disqualifies them from ministry. Mm-hmm. And you know, they had all the right dreams and visions, and it just it didn't, and it's not fair and it's yeah. not like well
1: to me that makes me sad like why can't like that's the human side of people who have moral authority why can't you come alongside the people who have the energy and the vision and like be their moral compass yes give them like h- like give them your moral authority yes. in a sense right and like be that mentor in that way like are can they have- willing
0: to accept that yeah sort of hand-holding process yeah. in there or that's just going to drag me down because I'm young and I'm yeah. flying and whatever. Yeah.
1: So it's a both sides, right? Yeah. So as a young person, being willing to have someone who does have that moral authority speak into your life and your choices yeah. and like allow them to rein you in, right? Yeah. In a sense. Um, and as an older person, like giving up some of your power and autonomy that you've gained, that you've rightfully gained. For sure. That to, in order to like bring someone up to can replace you when you are gone because you will be gone.
0: Absolutely. And if this was a targeted podcast for older people, then (laughs) I would definitely harp on that a lot. I think that for the most part, our target or our people, at least at least like our kind of a younger crowd ish. Yeah. So then
1: I would say like, who are the people in your life that you are fighting against who you really need to allow you allow them to mentor you?
0: Yeah. And I think we want the results like we're not willing to put in the long-term discipline mm-hmm. path towards the, it, for them to read Nehemiah and be like 12 years is too long I can't go 12 years I can give you three months but I can it give takes you six 12 months. years it take, sometimes it takes that long yeah yeah and and we do not do enough good enough job of saying listen you're doing a good work like what you're doing is good it's okay that nobody notices you right now mm-hmm. it's and that sucks like I don't know. Our timeline is so fast. We get information so dang fast well, right now. And
1: like social media is about likes and clicks and, and whatever, right? And we and glorify
0: so, these stories of people who blew yeah. up overnight and they become famous and they mm-hmm. become, you know, and their church only took, you know, six, four years to get to a thousand people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like all fast, fast, fast. And and you lose this, this and moral, you know, moral authority that's gained over the long haul. And and we we don't value enough this advice of of keep plugging away. That's going to build that kind of background that then people cannot they can't they ha- they can't really have anything to say of, uh, about you that is on any sort of firm ground. I mean, they, you're always going to have people angry with you and doubting you and doing whatever. But at some point, they they become the ones that are on the outside going. That's not really the case. So here's here's an example. All right. So on Sunday, I mentioned the congr- the representative turned out to be a representative mm-hmm. who. Uh, had a picture go viral about him cleaning up kind of the mess, and yeah. I mentioned I it wasn't going to mention the name on it, um, and because I wasn't sure, you know, I I, I just come across it, I think on Friday and that I, I wrote about it on Saturday night and then it showed up on Sunday. Um, and I said the cynic in me, whether I've watched too much Veep on HBO or something, is to be like <laughs> the camera angle. Like if you saw the picture that I saw. It's like, does it look posed? It's down by the garbage going up at the person (laughs) to make the person look. It's not like if it was security camera footage, this is what I thought. If this was security camera footage, (laughs) I'd be like, dude, that's awesome. That guy, good for him. This felt like, can you make sure this is on my left side? My left side's my better side. (laughs) That's what it felt like. Now, I did some research. Mm -hmm. I got a comment from um, Chris Weirman. Um, who wrote on her connect card. And she here's what she said. Who is the representative that was picking and cleaning up after the chaos at the Capitol building? Would you be willing to share if he is indeed, quote unquote, that person mm-hmm. that does that sort of thing even when not on camera? Um, so by the way, Chris filled it out on her connect card on the button that says if you have something to say something <laughs> interesting, which you should too because <laughs> then it gets brought up like this. Uh-huh. Anyways, so I took some time today to kind of look at that and to see what was the backstory behind that. Not just the... P- one that I saw, but the other ones as well. And it turns out um, I sent her two photos. I sent her one. I said, hey, Chris, as best I can tell, this is the original source of the photo that I referenced. It was a post by Representative Jason Crow, who is a, uh, a Democratic representative out of Colorado, who was posting about his friends. So that Got makes it a plus sign okay. because it's not the guy posting himself going, look at me For cleaning sure. this up. This mm-hmm. is somebody else. Now, they're both Democrats or whatever, so there could be a part of They're also both their,
1: representatives. Both representatives, so.
0: right. They're yeah. both trying to make this case. Um, but, uh, but then I, 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 I got some other kind of things on this that showed that uh, many people on both sides of the political aisle aisle, saying that Andy Kim, the representative from New Jersey, Democratic representative from New Jersey, who's the person in the photo, Mm -hmm. that's this, that's who he is. Like, this is not, he did not do this for show. Mm -hmm. Um, he was not the original source of this. Um, He's not like massively retweeting this. Um, He's not even up for election this year. Like this, these kind of things to be like, yes, Chris, if I dive into it, which Mm -hmm. maybe I should have, but that wasn't the point of it. The point of the message was not, let's highlight a partisan person. The point of it was, that's just the cynicism because we've seen so much of this Mm -hmm. in the last year, two years, four years, however you want to call it, I think that since the advent of social media and some of the representatives going, oh, this stuff actually influences votes. We should probably have a team that figures this stuff out. Mm-hmm. That it just makes me so cynical on this. And then I sent her the original post that I saw, which was basically a meme contrasting what he was doing with what Josh Howley was doing outside raising a fist, raising the charge, leading people in, which I can understand why that looks partisan. And that was mm-hmm. the thing that got me going, I can come on. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, yeah. all that to say, I hope that clears it up. I don't think I think it's still pretty muddy, <laughs> mud. but yeah, clears mud. <laughs> that, but that's the that's my thought process on this. Was kudos to this guy if this really is his kind of mo mm-hmm. for what he does. And, and the Capitol building's not getting rated every every six months, so he has a chance to do this. But um, if this is um, if this is him and, and just a pattern for him, and he's been doing this for twelve years, or even I don't know, two years, three years. I don't I don't mm-hmm. know what the line is. There's no line. I understand that. You're like, what well, does it have to be for twelve? That feels like
1: you're wasting half your life before people <laughs> take you seriously. No, I understand that. I think it's an accumulation of instances. Yeah, and so if that accumulation takes twelve years or two years or five years or whatever, that's what it is. And and I don't like I don't know what n- that number is, right? Um, but it, it's like building a habit. It a habit takes thirty days to build yeah. to become something you do all the time, or yeah. something new takes thirty days to become a habit. And, yeah. You know, like Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours. You'd need 10,000 hours in a task in order to become an expert at it. Or And, you know, so it it's an accumulation of instances. Yeah. And so um, what are you doing to plod through until you have that accumulation of instances? You know what sucks about
0: it all is <laughs> all of that credibility can be lost in a single oh, decision. Oh,
1: yeah. For sure. And
0: we know that it doesn't matter what kind mm-hmm. of moral authority you have in your marriage, one really dumb decision can screw it all up. And, and you can be like, that's not fair. And everybody would be like, you're right. It's, it's not, not fair. fair. It's but, not fair.
1: But that's why moral authority is as hard as yes. it is. is because it takes forever to gain and an instant to lose. Yep. And it is not like, because trust is hard. Right. And owning, like trying to hold a higher ground is like, that's a hard work. um, And, you know, like Nehemiah says, I'm doing a good work. Leave yeah. me alone. Like, yeah. don't try and tempt me away from this
0: yep boy I felt like we covered some good ground there guys this is like I don't know
1: he's trying to get out of here No. well that's
0: part of it that was really fun guys Uh, no but I do feel like uh, this is a really good podcast Mm -hmm. this was worth every penny you paid for it
1: zero dollars All right, this
0: week we'll do part three of our series uh, and the conclusion of it. Hopefully you can tune in, log in via the live stream and or in person if you want to RSVP. We'd love to have you. Megan, what do you got for your something interesting this week? Um,
1: I learned about curly hair today. About curly hair? Yeah, it was really exciting. You know, you may or may not know this about me, but I have curly hair. No. (laughs) It's in a ponytail right now, but... uh, I wouldn't (laughs) call that curly. It's wavy. No, well, right now you can't tell, but it is curly. Um, It's not like... It's, you know, there's different levels. It's probably on the wavy side of curly, but it's definitely of curly. I think Annie
0: the orphan for curly. Didn't she have red curly hair? Yeah,
1: but yeah. there's different levels. I, Mine I mean, that's is not, not the quite first as, person that comes in my mind. Mine's not quite curly, as but, curly as hers, okay. but it is curly. Um, I mean-
0: Aubrey Pitzer.
1: Yes. Mine's, curly again, hair. not as curly as hers, but my I'm just my throwing hair is out really curly haired
0: people. <laughs> <laughs> Carrot top.
1: <laughs> I had this debate with someone before, and then they saw my hair like wet Judy out of the pool- And then, and when my hair like starts to dry, it curls.
0: Justin Timberlake. (laughs) I wish you could see the look she's giving me right now. If looks could kill. Go on, your curly hair. You and your Justin Timberlake curly hair. Go for it.
1: Uh, Anyway, I learned about why curly hair curls. Okay. Which is really cool. So apparently um, our hair follicles are different shapes. And... Um, Some of them are just, like, straight tubes down. Like, there's, like, little tubes in your head. And then some of them, though, have, like, like a flat side and a curved side. And, like, some of them are different shapes. And so people, the person I listened to likened it to, like, a golf club. So some of the hair follicles kind of look like a golf club with, like, a flat edge and then, like, Mm. a rounded side. And so as our hair grows, when it's inside of our head, it is, like, live cells. And they're kind of, like... Malleable and, and like kind of gooey, I guess. And then as it dies and comes to be out that's of fun your to head, think about. yeah, it like it hardens. And if you have curly hair, that means you usually have one of those. You're not showering enough. or oily. No, oh, that's okay. not it. Okay. You. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> You're such a butthead right now. Um <laughs> If you have curly hair, your follicle is one of the like golf club shaped ones. Oh, interesting. And so one side ends up drying faster than the other side and they which means that it gets like long it gets shorter quicker and so the other side curls. Like, you know, like when you they used the ribbon analogy, have you ever curled a ribbon yeah. with scissors? Yeah, yeah. So you like um lengthen one side and then that makes it curl and so that's how hair curls kind of too. Huh. I know. Wasn't that cool?
0: Patrick Mahomes. Oh my gosh.
1: Um, <laughs> stop. Troy Polamalu. Nobody cares.
0: <laughs> um, Brendan from the most recent Bachelorette season with watched Tayshia. that. Yeah, he's very curly hair. All right, mine that's good. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> mine has to do with um Disney movies. And uh, an article I read recently called why or had this title on it and it said, hang on, sorry, I'm pulling it up. (laughs) Why are so many Disney parents missing or dead?
1: Oh yeah, they are. Let
0: me throw out some stats for you real quick. Um, Out of 104 and let's see, when was this date on this? I can't tell when this was made, so I don't know how many, if this includes like maybe the last couple, but um, out of 104 movies, 56 of them, Feature animated movies where the parent is either dead, missing, or it's a single parent. Mm -hmm. Um, Zero out of uh, Studio uh, Gibi, I don't know, it must be some new studio. Five Mm -hmm. out of 15 produced by Pixar, primarily and mostly 35 out of 54 produced by Walt Disney, featured parents who were dead, missing. Did he have a
1: single parent?
0: No, he had two parents, but listen to this. He built a house for his parents once he got relatively wealthy Uh in Buena Vista, California. And right after uh, the production of his first movie, you want to guess his first movie?
1: It was Snow White, right?
0: Snow White and the Seven Mm Dwarves in 1937. He bought a house for his mother and father, uh, Walt and what's her name? Flora, Walt and Flora. Um, that's cute (laughs) and they moved in and a year into it's cute until this happens well yeah (laughs) a year into their living in the house their heater went out the and the furnace went out and so he sent over some studio guys to come fix the furnace and the next day the the furnace leaked and his mother died and his dad got really sick and he they were talking this guy named don Hahn was uh, in this interview Mm -hmm. with glamour magazine um talking about how um His he thinks that kind of Walt never talked about it, ever. Mm -hmm. Like, that was just not talked about, like, and harbored this childhood guilt or this trauma. Yeah. He was an adult, but, like, Mm -hmm. just dealing with this trauma of what does life look like without your mom?
1: Well, especially if he felt mildly responsible. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. Because that's, like, pre-Bambi. That's pre all these other things. So in the works at the time was Pinocchio and... Uh, something else, but uh, they, you know, working through all of this kind of stuff, and and so then they go through and they show all of these movies where you're like, yeah, Pinocchio, single father, Geppetto, no history to, to his mother. There's the mm-hmm. blue fairy, but whatever. Sword in the Stone, Arthur's an orphan. The Rescuers, obviously orphans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver and Company, Beauty and the Beast. There's no mom. There's nope. just the dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emperor's New Groove, his family's absent. No mention of his family at all. Lilo and Stitch, the parents die in a car crash before mm-hmm. the show. Um, even like Guardians of the Galaxy, all of these things, and they they're they're talking about in this article is this sort of a manipulative trope that kind of develops a high level of emotionalism immediately into something, so you're already emotionally mm-hmm. invested into it, um, and, and that makes like benefits the movie. So is it a, is it a manipulative tool, or is it good, or is it is it just good storytelling, or mm-hmm. um, what's what's going on with that? So mm-hmm. or is it um, just
1: Walt Disney not? Doing therapy, so therapizing, <laughs> yeah,
0: wor- yeah, working it out <laughs> with uh, the hearts of children <laughs> in America, uh, yeah. and then the obvious ones of Frozen. And anyways, yeah, yeah. it was just an interesting article to think about um, me coming from the privileged home of two parents who are still Same. alive and. Uh, you know, maybe I don't have a good enough story to tell as a result of it. I think that Conan always Conan O'Brien is uh-huh. one of my favorite. He does a podcast called Conan Needs a Friend. He's freaking brilliant, mm-hmm. and he's one of my favorite comedians ever. I know people like he's like a, that polarizing kind of personality. You either love him or hate him. I love him, and he talks about whenever he interviews a fellow comedian, he'll be like, "What kind of pain have you gone through?" Because I don't think that you can actually do what we do mm-hmm. without having some sort of a place to go, like a really dark place to go. And he's like, "I don't want to dwell on that. It's not like dark. I mean, it's not like um i don't want to be uh like pessimistic Mm -hmm. or whatever but like i just think that you there's no way to really laugh at at life in that unless you felt like the underside of that so kind of a depressing way to end the podcast but i'm gonna go home and see my wife i haven't seen in seven days so that's pretty positive We're going to shut this thing down, guys. Thank you so much yes, for thank you. Uh, listening to this and showing up on Sundays, either online or in person. We're so thankful for all of you. Hope you all have a great week. Megan, have a good week. You too. Good luck with that new dating photo. Super pumped for you. Um, hope he has curly hair and we just full circle this thing. We'll talk to you later, guys. See ya.